Hello and welcome to a festive episode of News of the Nerd, the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books and anything else remotely nerdy. I am a jolly Christmas Jason and I'm here with my brother slash co-host, it's Bar Humbug Ben. Bar Humbug. (laughs) How are you doing today, Bar Humbug Ben? Time off work? No, we're not having it. You'll be working Christmas Day. You'll record a podcast Christmas Day. <laughs> if you're not here, nine o'clock sharp, you're fired. I like how you're wearing it. No one can see this, but I love how you're wearing like a rocker Christmas t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. <laughs> like, it's made to look like it's like Santa tattoos and stuff. I've been wearing this uh, to work today. That's why I've got that on. It's, it's not like for your benefit, satanic, <laughs> satanic Santa. Like... Not quite satanic. If 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 I've got to do Christmas, let it be sat- satanic. So today we'll be discussing the latest MCU release from Disney Plus, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, and we've also got uh, lists of our top five Christmas films that we will be discussing. Um, but before we get to that, we've got the usual news. And every time you say that, I just hear in my head like. Ba, 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 da, ba. Do you know, like news when they cut over to the news people, it's like that tune. I just have that play in my head every time. What news show do you watch where it cuts over to the news people and <laughs> the goes? The interesting ba, da, ba, ones. Da, ba. But there's none that do that. <laughs> the McDonald's news show. Ba, da, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> anyway, do you want to go first? <laughs> you know what? We we definitely need more of in the world. Uh, that is. Movies based on Spider-Man villains that don't have Spider-Man in them. Do you know what? I I actually agree for once. I do agree with that. I do agree. I want like a full Scorpion movie. They're not going to do that because they're too busy adapting villains that nobody's ever heard of. Speaking of, Donald Glover is going to start in and produce a movie based on the Spider-Man villain, Hypno Hustler. So this is an obscure Spider-Man villain who hypnotizes people with disco music. And yeah, just when when I read this, I thought, they're taking the piss now, surely. Surely, like, what what is Sony doing? (laughs) Why do they keep making these films? Donald Glover that was in... Homecoming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was in Homecoming. Is he going to play playing the same role? Well, I doubt it because he was playing, um, Miles Morales' uncle. He was playing Miles' uncle. Yeah, that's the thing. So no, I don't think he is so playing the same role. So are they not? Role. Are they not given us Miles Morales? I think I think Miles will come to the MCU. I don't think Sony will uh, deal with with him. I just want Miles Morales. I don't care where. Actually, no, I do because Sony don't have the best track record sometimes. Yeah, Sony. Like what? The only half decent Spider-Man properties that they've been able to make for years are the Venom films, and they're not great. No, they're not. So yeah, I've not got a lot to say about this. Just despair, basically. And then, like before this, we're getting a film based on a wrestler. What? Oh, I can't remember the guy's name now. But some some dude called Bad Bunny is playing a, a Mexican luchador villain that was in like one episode one episode one issue of a spider-man comic and like it it just it feels 
really pointless linking them in any way to any Spider-Man. Like you could just do these films independent of any kind of IP because they're not characters anybody knows or has any recognition of or like no no one's no one's queuing up to see the Hypno Hustler film. No one's going, finally <laughs> Hypno Hustler, my favourite <laughs> villain, is getting his own film. <laughs> They're just huddled, crying in a corner when they hear on the radio that there's a hypno-hustler film coming out, and they're like, finally, my days of despair are over. Like, the only thing that makes me even slightly interested in this is Donald Glover. To be fair, yes, yeah, I do, I do like him. But I just, why are they making these films when they've got such an array of villains they could choose from? Yeah, if there's got to be better villains they could pick and I, I suppose it depends what what exactly the fine print of the the deal that they've got with uh with disney is for uh using spider-man in the mcu maybe there's certain villains where they're like you can't use these because we're planning on using them i'd say our our comic book knowledge is above average i yeah. would say and we i don't know either of those hypno hustler like you will probably recognize one of the covers uh if you saw isn't it that guy in the simpsons what disco stew <laughs> yeah. anyway enough of that um have you seen doctor who's new outfit i haven't no have you not no so i but... mean it looks uh pretty smart uh brown suit and trousers and a Bright orange jumper underneath the jacket. Like it looks like a an orange t shirt at first, but I've seen a close up, it's definitely a jumper. Okay. I'm I'm looking at it right now. I like I like it. I like it. But I don't know, I feel like it's missing something. It's missing a belt. <laughs> no, not a belt. <laughs> it's missing something to make it a bit more unique. You know what I mean? It's missing uh, a signature piece. Yeah. It's missing, you know, a bit of celery. Fez. Yeah, exactly. A bow tie. Some jelly babies. Not really part of the outfit. <laughs> I like it. No, I like it, but I get what I get. What you mean. I'm kind of underwhelmed. Yeah, but yeah, it, it does look doctorish. But I, I guess a lot of it is how they carry themselves with it as well. Like, you just see a guy with celery in his pocket, you think, what a twat. But the way he acted with it, and like Matt Smith with the bow tie and the way he adjusts it all the time, I think that was yeah, yeah. what made it. So it, it, however he uses the outfit, I guess, is what we're going to remember. Maybe he, just gives, maybe he flaps the coat a lot. like flap. These things do tend to evolve slightly over time. Yeah, definitely. I think the best description I saw of it on Twitter was someone saying it's that kind of doctor... Oh, humans dress like this, don't they? Without being so weird as to draw undue attention, but just not quite right. Yeah, it's like it goes, but it shouldn't. (laughs) Um, And they also showed uh, Ruby Sunday's outfit. Um, I I hope that they make Ruby Sunday not from modern day Earth. Okay. Because all, I think, yeah, all of the modern companions have been from modern day Earth. 
Unless you're counting like Jack Harkness and stuff, but you know, like the main companions. Yeah. With that outfit. Yeah. She's she's from modern day Earth. <laughs> with Not necessarily. Outfit, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, she's wearing a denim jacket with the flu- like. It looks. She could be day. from the eighties. I thought. With those boots? <laughs> I mean, I know, I'm not a fashionista. I mean, the outfit, it makes me think she's she's modern day, but I I guess that's the whole thing with the Doctor in it. Like he Maybe she's from humans. Future Earth and she's dressing retro. Maybe. Maybe she's a scroll. Um, no, but <laughs> she could be a, a, a silence or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think... Is there any sheep shifting? There's got to be sheep. Oh, she's a Slovene. She's a Slovene. No. What's the one that actually shapeshift? The one that was in the one with the Oh, yeah, the sucky things. (laughs) With the the suckers on their arms. Yeah. Something beginning with S, aren't they? It's it's, it's it's not the Cylons. Cylons? No, not the Cylons. That's from fucking Battlestar Galactica or something, isn't it? Maybe. Anyway, yeah, the shape-shifting things, but I prefer to think she's a Slovene. She's just wearing someone's skin. That's such a weird episode, because on one hand, that's such a dark concept, like literally skin (laughs) someone alive and wear their skin. And then on the other hand, it's like, it's, oh, kooky, they just keep farting all the time. Yeah, but have you noticed when they skin them alive, their insides kind of seem to evaporate? I've never thought about it before. Like, when they do it, the skin just falls to the floor. Like, n- nothing else is in there when do it they, falls. Do they eat them? No, I think... I... They just burn them away? I don't know. I don't I don't want to know. I'm going to have to watch the... You're just going to be there closely studying the screen, like, where are the innards? Yeah, I'm going to re-watch the 2005 series of Doctor Who. I was going to call it Series 1, but that's... A whole thing in it was like two series ones. You're going to offend a lot of nerds with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to what feels like it's becoming a recurring feature, and that's DC drama. Bum, bum, There's always some DC drama these days. So, last episode we discussed the was it a, a Hollywood Reporter article? Yeah. Basically, setting out what's happening at DC, and it, it sounds like, it was, you know... It was that place that reports about Hollywood. Yeah, there's a few of them. <laughs> I think it was a Hollywood reporter anyway. So since then, James Gunn has tweeted... James Gunn's great for, for us because he will pretty much always tweet out to confirm or deny or correct when there's these kind of articles... Um, so James Gunn tweeted out and he said something along the lines of some of it is true and some of it is wrong and some of it's partly true and some of it we haven't actually decided yet, which is interesting. So but, cryptic there. But something that he has confirmed, he is writing the script for the next Superman film. Okay. Of which Henry Cavill is not going to be a part. No. We know that. Which is unfortunate. Well, yes, that was in the Hollywood Reporter article, but that has since been confirmed by both James Gunn and Henry Cavill. Um, So, yeah, James Gunn said that he and Peter have the DC slate ready to go 
and we're going to be able to share some exciting information about it at the beginning of the new year, so we shouldn't have long to wait to find out what's going to be happening. Among those on the slate is Superman. It's going to be focusing on a younger Superman, which is why the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. He did say that he had a meeting with Henry, and they discussed a number of possibilities for working together in the future. So maybe it's not the last we see of Superman. Maybe we get some cool multiverse stuff where he comes back. I don't know. Okay, so it's going to be a bit more like a kind of Smallville just after Smallville age. He has stated categorically that it is not an origin story. No, but that's why I mean after, like just but after. It's It's going to be him early in his career at the Daily Planet. Okay, so it's it's gonna. Who do we think is gonna play that then? Who's gonna play a younger Superman? I I don't I don't know. I don't honestly could not tell you who they've got in mind. I feel like this is something that James Gunn's been planning in his head for years, so he probably already knows exactly who he wants it to be. I just I kind of hope I know it's DC, it's darker comics, but they're not they're not necessarily darker. Historic. That's not what DC stands for, you know. No, no. Well, ev- everyone, everyone cl- says that, don't they? Like it's darker comics. Like they do tend that's, to be darker. That's only since the Dark Knight trilogy. And I know, and I'm just hoping the kind of like James Gunn can give a bit more of a lighter. Yeah, Superman feel should be the them. exact opposite of that. Superman should be hopeful. Yeah. He's basically the really annoying, does no wrong, yeah. charismatic superhero. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So also on Twitter, someone asked him if he was writing and directing. He said, I am writing and have been for a while. We don't know who's directing yet. Um, somebody else said, could Ben Affleck direct? And he said, we met with Ben yesterday precisely because he wants to direct and we want him to direct we just have to find the right project so it doesn't sound like he's going to be directing superman but they're looking for ben affleck to direct something which is cool yeah what else he's a good director i mean he did argo which is quite a good film to be fair yeah like that was a really good film and did he not win an oscar for that uh, i believe he did and he did the town which is also quite a good film but apart from that, the I killed my lesbian. That is the longest title known to man. I killed my lesbian wife, hung her on a meat hook, and now I have a free picture deal at Disney. What? That is the full title of a movie that Ben Affleck directed in 1993. What? It, it is called I killed my lesbian wife, hung her on a meat hook, and now I have a free picture deal at Disney. That does not sound. Like... It's a satirical film directed by Ben Affleck. What? <laughs> I'm so happy that I have found this out. <laughs> I. Anyone where, where, listening wait, to this podcast where, right where now? Is, where is this information coming from? I literally just just Google Ben Affleck directed films, and it'll give you the, all the films that he's done. And in 1993, there is one. It's a short satirical film. It's only 16 minutes long, but... According to Wikipedia, it's got... And IMDb. 
Yeah. Really? <laughs> Surely not. It's not even got Matt Damon in it. It can't be. <laughs> Anyone that is listening to this right now, just go and Google. I killed my wife, hung her on a meat hook, and now I have a free picture deal at Disney. Actually, wait, don't do that because the FBI might be at your door when you do yeah, that. Yeah, it's only 16 minutes long. I'm going to find this. How how have I never heard of that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why is that its name? Why is it such a long title? Surely he could have stopped at I killed my lesbian wife. I mean, because it's being satirical, I guess. <laughs> I guess, but do you know them scenes in like Family Guy where they talk about when they say the name of the movie in the movie? Do you think they say that in the movie? It's like, I killed my wife, I'm on a meat hook, and now I've got a free picture deal at Disney. I want to watch it. I don't know why, but I want to watch it. I, I I don't know where to go from there, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go on to the next bit of news. Nothing's which, going to which is, that. This is a related bit of news. To killing your lesbian... Lesbian? 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 Oh, fuck. No, no, no. To the previous bit of news about DC, DC drama. We're still in DC drama. Okay. 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 Um, this is a, another, another response on Twitter. Someone tweeted at him... Basically telling him how he's recasting everyone in the DCEU except for the Suicide Squad. And James Gunn replied, I keep seeing posts with this untrue theory we're not recasting everyone except the Suicide Squad. Interesting. Who are they keeping, you may ask? I didn't, but can I ask, who are they keeping? Well, let us move over to Instagram. Oh, so this is a comment on... You're being very social on the medias today. A comment on James Gunn's Instagram said, Cannot wait to see what you're cooking up. That being said, the move to boot Cavill and Gaddo. Gaddo? Gadot? It's Gadot, isn't it? It's Galdo. It's not Galdo. It's Galdo. It's Gadot. I always thought it's Gal Gadot. It's Gal Gadot. No, I'm sure I've heard her pronounce it Gal Gadot. Anyway, that being said, the move to boot Cavill and Gadot, especially after they'd announced their return, doesn't inspire confidence. James Gunn replied, I'm not sure where you're getting that we booted Gal. That says to me, Gal Gadot is still Wonder Woman. That's what it says to me, and I'm glad, because I really like her as Wonder Woman. Me too. It does seem like a strange news if we're getting rid of Henry Cavill as Superman and we're getting rid of, what's his name as Aquaman? What's his name as Aquaman? Jason Momoa. <laughs> Jason Momoa. Presumably we're getting rid of Jason Momoa as Aquaman. It and sounds then, like the rocks you know out as Black Adam. Like It does feel like we're getting rid of everyone. Except maybe Gal Gadot and the Suicide Squad. Maybe. Them getting rid of Henry Cavill, Jason Momoa and The Rock, they're just like, if we get rid of these three, then we're there's no suspicion as to why we're getting rid of Ezra Miller. I don't think there would be any suspicion. Like, like I think it's quite clear why we're getting rid of Ezra Miller. Like, no one's going to be surprised. Assuming they are getting rid of Ezra Miller. It's the one I've not really seen talked about. Maybe it's just assumed. It's not It's not far-fetched to assume after everything they've done. Yeah, but it's not really been said anywhere that Ezra Miller no. is out as The Flash. There's loads well, of articles really saying Gal Gadot's out, it. Jason Momoa's out, Henry Cavill's out. No, no word on 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 uh, Ezra Miller, but yeah, maybe it's just it's not news because it's assumed. Anyway, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens in the new year with DC. But it sounds like we'll be getting some information soon. 
Um, and then related to DC drama, but not DC drama, is like shortly after he put out a statement saying that he's just been informed he will no longer be Superman, Henry Cavill put out a statement saying, For 30 years I have dreamt of seeing a Warhammer universe in live action. Now, after 22 years of experience in this industry, I finally feel I have the skill set and experience to guide a Warhammer cinematic universe into life. Um, and he goes on to say he's going to be working with Amazon to make a, a Warhammer series. Warhammer 40,000, well, I assume, is that what all Warhammer is? I don't really know anything no, about not. Warhammer. So, I this is my area of expertise since I paint Warhammer. But So, 40,000 is the newer one. The original was Fantasy, it's now been renamed as something, but the original was Warhammer Fantasy. But the more popular one, and the one they already did a movie about, is Warhammer 40,000. I've actually seen this, but in the interview, there's also these little things in there. Like, they start talking about Martinez and how he he was like, there's a correct answer, and there's an answer not I'm not allowed to say, but the correct answer is shaken but not stirred. And there's just a lot of little comments flying that way towards James Bond. I don't want him to be James Bond. In his Bond, interview, but... I think he'd make a really good James Bond, to be honest. I think they need to go younger with James Bond. Anyway, I'd still want him to be Captain Britain. But it was interesting like how soon after announcing he's no longer going to be Superman that he put this out. It, You know, this must have been in the works, you know, in the pipeline. I feel like this is more likely the reason he's left the witcher he's a big fan of it and like himself he, yeah yeah he he does it all like he paints it i know he he's he spoke game. about warhammer in interviews before um but yeah so i i don't really know anything about he's warhammer. my dream guest for this podcast because he is the king of the nerds oh i i, I disagree with that i think kevin smith's king of the nerds can they not be joint kings well i mean you if you want to get Henry Cavill on the podcast, you know, just send him a send him a Twitter or a. Do you know what? If I tweet him and he replied, what would you do? Um, I mean, scream like a little girl. Me get too. him on the podcast, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because because you'd have any disagreements about that. I'd just be there on this podcast, like so, 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 Mister, Mister, Mister Cavill, Mister, Mister Cavill. Um, I'd schedule um, the interview for a day. I know you're working. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, I, I can't let you talk to him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, he'd only be a guest once. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's exciting news. He's a great actor. He's he's probably high up in my rankings of actor actors. So I, I'm happy to see him in anything because I feel any role he takes, he does the role well. There's just obviously issues with writing and things like that. But I think him as a as an actor plays the roles really well. Yeah, and you know, it's nice to see that like he's he's just walked away from one role and then lost another role. It's nice to see, you know, he's he's still got stuff in the pipeline. Like this isn't it's not he's like not this blacklisted. Is, it's not like this is the last we're going to see of Henry Cavill. Like he's already working on something new, and it he says he's going to be guiding a Warhammer cinematic universe. So that says to me he's going to be a you know a driving force behind this. So we'll have a lot of input 
um, and as a fan, make it as you know as accurate as possible. I would guess. As a fan, he knows what fans of Warhammer kind of want yeah. to see. So yeah, I'm kind of excited for that one. Um, did you see the trailer for Across the Spider Verse? I've not yet, but I have heard things about variants. Again, it's not the most revealing trailer. It's a, a lot of it is like flashbacks to uh, the first Spider Verse film, Into the Spider Verse. Uh, but then at the end, it it does show you so many, so many different Spider people. And is there a spider dial? It the dial of spider. No, a spider dial, a crocodile spider. Oh, sorry, spider I thought dial. you were going... I thought this was the Dial of Destiny thing again. <laughs> no, a spider I thought, dial. I thought you were ringing we've seen, Destiny. We've, we've seen Crocoloki. I want to see Spider Dial. Uh, Well, no, Animal Spider-Man's a pig, so... Why does it sound like I'm just naming Pokemon here? <laughs> <laughs> Go, Spider Dial. There is a Sand Dial. So the the, the trailer looks like it's going to be carrying on the, uh, the, the absolute mental craziness fantastic work of the first film which i just love it is the best spider-man film and i can't wait to see more uh there's also a poster dropped that shows a lot of the different variants we're going to be getting uh and it looks like spider-man 2099 is it 2099 yeah yeah is going to be a big part of this film that's good because i love the suit oh yeah yeah it's so cool isn't it it's always one of my go-tos on a on a Spider-Man game. Yeah, definitely. With a hood. With a hood? It's the one with the hood in it. In Miles Morales, I think it's, he's got a hood. Oh, right, the Miles one, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just so cool. So I do like the 2099 suits. We should also... You've just reminded me, actually, saying Pokemon. You did mention a few weeks ago that Ash Ketchum finally, in the anime, became the champion... And it has now been announced that Asher's story is over. It has. And... and so it has been revealed through a poster of who the um, new character is going to be. And oh, it is it? a female lead. Yes. Oh, I'm not surprised. I'm not. And I'm quite excited for that because Ash Ketchum has been doing it for 25 years and not aged a single day. Weird. But I think it's great. And it shows the new starters, do you know, for the new generation yeah. from Scarlet and Violet. And it looks like, from the poster, it looks like a little brother she's got. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing they're going to be journeying together, which is kind of cool. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I wonder if, because they're doing, I think, is it like they're doing like a three episode special, um, which is going to be yeah. the, the, the final episodes uh, of Ash uh, Ash's journey. I wonder if that'll be like a handover to the new lead. I hope so. The other thing that I've seen is, so in the final, you know, main episode with Ash, not counting these specials that are coming up, it it ends with a little, like, just montage of images. And one of those images is Ash being reunited with his Butterfree. Oh, yeah. Which I'll tell you what, I'll tell you something. If Ash hadn't given up that Butterfree, he'd have been Pokemon champion, like, 24 years ago. Yeah, do you want me to splice in the bit where I said that like three episodes ago? Did you? Yeah. Oh, I mean... <laughs> so, you know, stop stealing my opinions, prick. <laughs> like, if he'd not got rid of that Butterfree back in Series 1, he'd have won the Pokemon League 
years ago. <laughs> that Butterfree was the best Pokemon he ever had. Uh, okay, what, what other news we got? Is it my turn? Yeah, yeah. Hogging all the limelight. So, I've got, and it's a yearly thing, the National Film Registry. So, the Library of Congress, each year, um, adds 25 films to the National Film Registry. Now, people are allowed to nominate 50 films per person. So, they probably get a massive amount of films come through. And they choose uh, 25. And they choose films based on that they're culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And this year, the main addition on this list, there are a few ones that I've not heard of, because they range from 1898 to 2011. Yeah. Um, but the main addition for me is Iron Man. Yeah, I get why that seems culturally significant now. And after... Like, I know the Hulk became before it, didn't it? But I feel like Iron Man was... No, no, Iron, of... Iron Man was the first MCU film. Incredible Hulk came after Iron Man and then Iron oh, Man 2 after that. They were the first three. Iron Man kind of kick-started everything off. And I think 2008, I was 10. So it kind of kicked me into the movie side of... I think you've just made well, so many people listening to this feel <laughs> so old. <laughs> Probably. But this is why it's important to get the younger opinion. I don't think it's important to get the younger opinion. I just think it'd be boring to do a podcast on my own. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't get as much you, laughs, let's just You say are that. the only person willing to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so just... <laughs> that was that... Oh, my heart melts. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other two things that I just like, that I really know of, are The Little Mermaid from 1989. Okay. So that's obviously the aesthetically significant. Um, and then When Harry Met Sally as well. Oh, okay. Which is a great film. Great film. Yeah, yeah. The oldest one that they added from 1898, and I don't even... I would love to know if anyone's heard of this, but Mardi Gras Carnival? I haven't from heard of that. 1898 has been added to this list. I just find that mad. But now the list is at has surpassed 825 films. Yeah, I think adding 25 films every year is a lot. Like, I think at some point, the list is just going to be so long... Diluted. ...that it's, yeah... Irrelevant. I, it undermines it. Maybe, you know, 25 films a year for the first few years to get the numbers up, but then after that, bring it down to maybe 10 a year. Even five. Yeah. So, I know we've been talking about Henry Cavill. Yeah. So I've got the the Witcher showrunner has actually responded to the uproar from fans on the speculation as, of why he left. This is a direct quote. I do have a lot it's to shut say. Shut the fuck I... up. <laughs> <laughs> direct quote is fans, you're going to watch it either way. Shut yeah. up. You don't really care that much if you're going to watch it either way. Um, so. I do have a lot to say, and I think that there's a lot of, you know, we'll obviously never get into exactly why Henry left, all of the reasons, but I can say it's been a mutually respectful relationship, so please, please come back in six months when we can talk. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like, the first bit is kind of just like, obviously, we can't go into massive detail about why he left, 
but it was friendly. But then to add, come back in six months when we can talk. Yeah. That's a bit... I think, you know, quite often these decisions are business decisions. And it's just like when someone leaves one job to go for, to another if they're working in an office. That doesn't mean that you hate your boss and you fell out with everyone at your old job and that's why you've left. But people, when it's, you know, working on films and TV shows, people always seem to assume that if you leave a role, it's because you fell out with the crew and you didn't like the director and you thought the writers were this. And, like, it could just Something be... Something better might have come along. It could just be Something that he that felt like he'd, he'd done everything he could do with The Witcher and wanted to move on to something else, like Warhammer, which yeah, I think is and... much more likely than that he fell out with everyone and they all hate each other. And I think that people think that actors only doing it for the money and they're like, which is giving you so much more money. But I can see him doing Warhammer and enjoying that more. I mean, who says that which is giving him more money, though? Because Amazon's got, like, all the money in the world. If he's doing that for Amazon, then... No, no, but do you know what I mean? It could be that he's leaving just for personal preference. Like, he doesn't have to have fallen out with everyone. Giving him, like, all the... Alexas he can eat. <laughs> he has an Alexa for breakfast. Every every, every foot, every foot of his house, he's just got an Alexa. He <laughs> says Alexa and twenty five respond. <laughs> um, but I just found it interesting that that they'd added that. But this is the interesting part. So do you know what happens in six months? Uh, Witcher series three comes out. It does. So they get like maybe something, maybe the something story based. Yeah. Where it's like, they oh, thought actually, was a good story direction. Else. Yeah. Maybe he falls into a youth thing, a youth thing portal. Maybe he regenerates. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe he's a scroll. <laughs> maybe he's a Slovene. Maybe, maybe he's, what, he's a Time Lord. Maybe he's whatever a Witcher version of a scroll is. Probably like a doppelganger or something like D and D like that. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. <laughs> you're the one that's always bringing scrolls up. <laughs> I'm gonna... know, you just you just spiraled. Yeah, that's I it. I witnessed you spiral. I'm going to dissect this so much that you get fed up of it and you stop bringing scrolls up. <laughs> oh God. Um, speaking of Amazon, <laughs> I've just I've just thought of something else, and that is that Amazon are making a God of War series. I've heard this, and I I know we don't like rumours, but... I love rumours. It's a great album. I think it's Fleetwood Mac's best album. It is their best album, but I've heard rumours that the voice of Kratos is going to be playing Kratos. Well, yeah, I don't think there's anything backing that up. I think that's... I think that's fan casting more than anything else. So you know who the voice of Kratos is, don't you? The voice of Kratos, for those who don't know, is Christopher Judge. And Ben, tell everyone what Christopher Judge was in. Just dread. <laughs> See, you don't know, dear. Do you <laughs> don't know. I knew you didn't know. That's why I called no, you out I on do. it. Go on. I do. So you're Googling it. I can see you Googling it. I, I am. Um, <laughs> because... I can't remember what he's in, but I know him. And I don't know why <laughs> I know him. Christopher Judge played Teal'c in Stargate SG-1. 
Oh, God, yeah, of course he did. Look at him. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's because he's got hair. It's because he's got <laughs> hair. So, yeah, he has been the voice of Kratos in the, the last two games, uh, the, the the recent God of War. I was going to say remake. It wasn't even a remake or a reboot. The better voice, I would say. Like, since he took over, all that goes viral when the game comes out is, boy. Well... He's just got such power to his voice. Since he took over, there have been very different games anyway. And this is something yes. I want to talk about, actually, because they are very story-based now, very story-driven, where before they weren't so much. Like, there was a story, and it was a good story, but it was much more about just decimating enemies and ripping them in half. And they, they were great games. I loved them. I, I don't I like know the new how games you as well. feel about... The new one's been more story-based, but I prefer it be more story-based because I feel, and I feel like the perfect representation of this is Horizon Zero Dawn is so heavily storied that I got so engulfed in that game. But you can go off and you can wipe out Metal Deer. And I think with the new God of War games, I prefer them. Because yeah. of that, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the new God of War game in in greater detail uh, on another episode. But I I prefer the previous God of War game, not like the old the, style. Get like the, the 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 one that was just called God of War that came out last before okay. Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. Ragnarok's great. I'm playing it. I'm having a great time with it. But um. You still prefer the it's one, just, which yeah, is fair. It's just not quite hitting me in the same way that the previous one did. I saw an image of like all these different Kratoses that people have fan cast, and you know someone had like photoshopped the 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 makeup on them. I've seen the same, yeah. Um, and though Dave Batista was on there, it didn't quite look the part. The two that really stood out for me were Christopher Judge and Triple H, the wrestler, looked. That was the Great. one I saw, and I was like, yes. And, I mean, obviously it shouldn't just go on who looks most like the video game character, but, the yeah, the Triple H... But as we said in a previous... Com- we said in a previous podcast, and I think it's when we're talking about Black Adam, WWE stars tend to be really good actors because yeah. they've been acting. They are acting yeah. in the in-between matches bit. So I reckon Triple H could play it really well. But also, Kratos is very zero emotion. Yeah, there's only one film I think I've seen Triple H acting, and that was Blade Trinity, which may not be a fair crack at the whip, because that is a not good film. Yeah, moving on to my next piece of news, and this is confirmed by Hugh Jackman himself, Deadpool 3 will involve time travel again. So, obviously, the second one involved time travel. Yeah. But I feel like Hugh Jackman himself confirming this, and I have got a quote, means it's going to be a bigger part. Okay, what's the quote? So, the quote is, But all because of this device they have in the Marvel world of moving around timelines, now we can go back because, you know, it's science. And so, I don't have to screw with the Logan timeline, which was important to me, and I think probably to the fans too. That doesn't say time travel. That's, no, that's just that's just the quote. Yeah, the quote that he added afterwards. That's no, that's multiversal travel. That sounds like to me. 
moving between timelines. Which well, it is, could be. Which is what I've been saying all along. This is going to be a multiverse hopping film. Yeah, and but do you know what I like from that is that the fact it kind of the way he said that shows that that's the reason he's took the job because he did not want to fuck with the timeline of what he'd established, you know, from Wolverine Origins. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't going to it wasn't going to undermine any Logan's of that death. because. Spoilers for Logan. I feel like all of them films are great. The original X-Men, Wolverine Origins, Fuck Logan. Off. Ben, I, oh no, my God. No, listen. You, right. We've already established that you've never seen a film you don't like. The fact that you've just said that X-Men Origins Wolverine is great just proves that point. Like, you are the it's only person to ever say in that. It. It's got summarise in it. When? That immediately bumps... It's kind of a samurai that chops it, off his claws. That's a different film. Okay, yeah, that that film's good. That's the Wolverine. That's it. That's one. That's the one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. The Wolverine. Sorry, for I'll a do change. It again. Right, I'll do. No, it. no, no. It's too late now. I'll do. I'll do it again. It's fine. It's fine. I'm. I'm not changing it. Uh, right. Do you know what? Fuck you. But yeah, I think it has confirmed your suspicions that it's going to be a multiversal film. Which is exciting. I like the multiverse saga because I feel like it just opens so many doors. Yeah, there's so much potential. So, yeah, there's that bit of news. And then my last bit of news, science news, is that scientists thought snakes didn't have clitorises. Well, guess what? They were wrong. And snakes do have clitorises. It's been trending everywhere. So the reason I've picked this as science news is I know I added science like on the first episode. So I feel like we have to talk about something science. But, but you this know, has actually... You know, since the last time we recorded... Yeah. There's been the first the first successful nuclear fusion test that got out more energy than it put in. And that is such a huge breakthrough and could potentially lead to revolutionising the way that we power everything in the world. And you want to talk about snakes having a clitoris. Yes, absolutely. Okay. No, it is. It's massive news, and that does change how energy. No, no, no. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a snake clip. (laughs) This has been trending TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Science doesn't tend to trend, but the fact that snakes have clitori, clitorises is trending and has been trending. My question is, how the fuck did you find this out when you've not been able to find it out for so long? I think it was just assumed that they didn't, so no one bothered to look. <laughs> it just They assumed. They were like, no, there's no way it's got a clitoris. Let's skip that part. I guess no it. one cared enough to find out. In the report, one of the taglines of the report is, that the research that they've done raises the possibility that the sex lives of snakes are more complicated and diverse than we originally thought. You've seen how snakes mate, haven't you? No, because I hate them. Like, they, they twist around to... each other like a cheese string, twisting, <laughs> twisted cheese string. And they just kind of like g- roll around all intertwined. Like, I'm surprised we don't get tied in a knot. A snake just goes to doctor. It's like, so what happened here? It's like, uh, it's an awkward story. Um, we kind of pretzeled ourselves. Yeah. 
I wanted to mention it because of how heavily it's been trending. Like the past few weeks, we've been talking about the James Webb and the amazing pictures that's been putting out and growing actual brain cells and the transplant, the blood transplant stuff we've been talking about. Massive stuff that could literally be species changing like definitive points in history right. and the thing that goes trending is snake glitter eye yeah well and that's what you wanted to talk about so and we've talked about it so that's all the news <sighs> i've got good shall we move on to the main point of the ho ho holiday special did you allow what i did though no i hated what you did then <laughs> The Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. I was forced to watch a Christmas special for this podcast. Well, I, I, and I okay, I will start to, with this. I think I will you need start to with eat this. your words. I will start with this. You need to eat humble pie. I need to eat humbug pie. I will say this: it was far better than I thought it was going to be. It was brilliant. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was brilliant. Right. Are we going to talk spoilers, aren't we? Yeah. So So if if you haven't seen seen it by now, because this is going out on Christmas Day? No. This is going out as soon as I can edit it. This is going out on Christmas Day. No, it's not. (laughs) If this isn't out on Christmas Day... It's going to be out before Christmas Day. Everyone sent hate mail. But yeah, spoilers for the holiday special. special out on Christmas Day. Like, it's too late then. Says who? No one's listening to this fucking podcast on Christmas Day. If you if you are listening to this on Christmas Day, sort your life out. What are you doing? No, if you are listening to this on Christmas Day, I will personally get you a NOTN pod t-shirt. <laughs> and that is a pro- that is a promise. If you are listening to this on Christmas Day, I will design and send you an NOTN podcast t-shirt how are they going to prove that they're listening on christmas day i want a screenshot no i want a full hostage situation i want a picture of them holding whatever the device they're listening to the podcast on with a paper the sun daily mirror whatever with the date i want a picture of that or just a screenshot of the date with the pod playing that's enough for me no one's doing that then yeah, well, get ready to eat some humble pie, as you so say. Anyway, thoughts on the holiday special? My thoughts on the holiday special is that it is the, the, the second best Guardians thing that we've had. I think yeah. I think this is better than Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, 100%. I Mainly because Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is not great. Really enjoyed it. I... I really enjoyed the focus on Drax and Mantis because Mantis is a character that up until now I've not really felt any affection for. I've not really felt any connection to. I didn't I didn't feel like I had any reason to care about her, but in this she really shows some of her own personality. Like she's come out of the shell a lot more uh, since Guardians 2. Showing her pushing back because we've spoke before about about the, the the kind of friendship between Drax and Mantis, and Drax is always just a bit mean to Mantis. It was nice to see her push back against that, 
and put Drax in his place a bit. It's not just a one-sided friendship. I think the... Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I think in Guardians 2, the best bits were the interactions between Mantis and Drax. Like, they they was probably some of the the best parts of that movie. And in this, I just the interactions were great. And it was the fact... Like, one thing that got me is just the throwing over the fence bit <laughs> like i was absolutely yeah. pissing myself like the fact she just starts that sentence and he just lobs her and I, I just i don't know what it was about mantis this time just actually had character yeah if if that's what she's going to be like in guardians 3 which presumably she is then yeah i i can't wait to see more of her um so if we go to the beginning, the the animated section at the beginning, I thought was really good, and I I was so confused at first. I was like, "What's going on?" I mean, I had to watch a full like Guardians animated film. I assumed they'd done that to save having to get uh, Michael Rooker in for filming. Like, oh, we you know we'll use his voice and we'll animate this section. And no, they they filmed him. They filmed all that, and then rotoscoped it afterwards. Yeah. At, like it was all it was all actually filmed and then animated over the top, which is uh, I don't know, like like real commitment. I think like obviously, James Gunn with this, he's done a great job with Guardians. I kind of wanted it to be a little bit longer. Yeah, I could have I could have stood it a bit more, but I. I think I'm just glad, like, I liked the choice to go kind of follow Drax and Mantis, because I'm going to be honest, Peter Quill pisses me off, like, he just, he's so annoying. Do you think they were the cheapest options? Like, you know, Rocket was in there, but they didn't have to animate Rocket for the full film. They didn't have to uh, animate Groot for the full film. It was just like, get get these two basically just a bit of makeup. I don't know, because I think it's it was the best choice, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, and I, I think, think you're probably right. With Marvel's budget and Disney's budget, yeah, the same thing, but do you know what I mean? The amount of following that Marvel has and the budget that Disney has, I don't think they're gonna, they'd be worried. Well, yeah, but they've still got to make sure that, uh, that any money they're spending on, especially on, you know, a Disney Plus original is worth spending the money. Like, this isn't going to cinemas. They're not recouping money that way. So the budgets are smaller for these Disney Plus uh, one-shots and, and shows than they would be for a film because they're not getting the same return. How much more hope does it actually give you for Guardians 3? Oh, yeah, so much. Maybe that's the thought. And I don't think it's that far-fetched to think that that's what they could have thought. Yeah. That if we invest a little bit more into this and we do this right, it's going to make Guardians 3 blow up. Yeah. Because I'm so much happier about Mantis now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm hoping Guardians 3's got quite a bit of Mantis. Because that was funny. Like, the fight scene where she's yeah. just rolling around and I sleep, sleep, fucking sleep. Like... It's great, and it's just a side that we've not seen. And we can't say shit about budget when they've got fucking Kevin Bacon throughout the film. Kevin Bacon can't be that expensive these days. He's the spokesperson for EA. Exactly. He's a hero, <laughs> <laughs> according to them. I've, I've never quite been able to work out if 
does Peter Quill actually think Kevin Bacon did all these things? Or is that just how no. he talks to them about it? Like it's just how it's just how he talks to them about it. I think he tries to explain things, yeah, in a way that they're going to understand. And the best way to do it is be like, because I don't think they tend to have a concept of actors as much. Oh, but they definitely did in this. Well, they definitely did in this because <laughs> they were just like, no, we hate actors. Like, oh, they make which, which, a, a, a really funny. It was. Uh, <laughs> like, when, soon... when, you know, obviously it's a meta joke. They are actors talking about how much they hate actors and how disgusting actors are. Going back to when when these Disney Plus shows were first announced, I assumed that these would all be, um, you, you know, for the hardcore fans only and there'll be, there'll be winks and nods to the movies, but you don't need to have seen any of these to understand anything that happens in the films. And I really like that I've been proven wrong a lot of times with that. Like, these are... That there is is real progression in this. Like, we find out through this that Peter Quill and Mantis are siblings. Which is cute. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was cute. And... uh her her worrying and his reaction when when he finds out and the best Christmas present he could have got yeah no it was it was great it was that sickening warmth that you expect from a Christmas <laughs> thing the fact that you're just there and you are gonna go ah no what no one saw that and went oh for fuck my so coming into this. My issue were, and it's what I keep trying to say, is with Christmas specials, I hate when a Christmas special is all about fucking Santa Claus. Like, I thought coming into this, Santa Claus is going to appear about somewhere. Fucking Santa, fans, <laughs> fucking Santa Claus. What Christmas specials have you been watching? I can't. You put me on the spot every time. <laughs> There's so many Christmas specials. No, all about fucking Santa Claus, you said. That's a different kind of film. No, as in the <laughs> the core cast has to like help Santa Claus. Yeah, for well, something that that doesn't happen outside of kids' films. Well, that's probably because I don't watch Christmas specials after I was a kid. But I didn't want this to be like a Guardians film where they were like Santa Claus is in danger and we need to help him. Do you know what I mean? I never expected that it would be. I genuinely fully enjoyed it and i loved the opening with the song yeah yeah i was gonna get to that i think that song so the the first song was a really good song i wasn't as keen on the closing song with kevin bacon singing i kind of liked the progression of it what the, the second fact that from the first to the second so oh, the first okay. was they clearly have no fucking clue what christmas is and the end, he's teaching them what it is. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. liked that progression. Yeah. But I completely agree. As a song, and to listen to, the first one was so fucking awesome. It was really good. And uh, I liked the interjections from Peter Quill as well, being like, no, that, no, no. There's the one line where they say uh, something like, what the hell's a turtle dove? And for a second, he looks like you're idiots, as if you don't know what a turtle dove is. And then you see him think, wait a minute. <laughs> what, what is a turtle what dove? What the hell's a turtle dove? I would it, say I would say that it should be Christmas number one if it wasn't for the fact that uh, cunts of McGang have released a song called "Fuck the Tories," 
That should be Christmas number one. Go out and buy Fuck the Tories, everyone. We'll link it in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> buy the buy the News of the Nerd Christmas single. Uh, what would what? I've tried to riff and I have nowhere to go. <laughs> you tried to riff and you had nowhere to go. Yeah, that's that's the name. That's the name. No, that's the name of the Christmas single. I tried to riff and I had nowhere to go. All riffed up with nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Let's let's write a song called "All Riffed Up and Nowhere to Go." Anyway, carry on. Cosmo. Do you know what? I hope Cosmo's in Guardians Three. I would almost guarantee. I I will guarantee. I guarantee you. Rocket and Cosmo but, get married. No, cause, no, because Rocket's obviously got an otter girlfriend in uh, Guardians Three from the trailer. But I will guarantee, I will stake my reputation on it. Cosmo is in Guardians of the Galaxy Three. I love it. I love. I I just. I kind of wish. I I kind of wish we'd got more in this. I'm not putting money on it. I'm just guaranteeing no, I'm, I'm, you I'm, I'm, Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> took... Fuck off. No, I mean, we. May... <laughs> I wish we'd got more Cosmo in this. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed it. Like, it, the bit it where never, it's like... It never occurred to me that Cosmo was a girl. No. And I don't know why. I don't have... I don't have a problem with it. Everyone would assume that Cosmo the dog is male. Surely. It's not just me. Because, as everyone knows, all dogs are boys and all cats are girls. Cosmo traditionally was a, is a male name. Is it? The only other Cosmo I know is Cosmo from Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah. So I think that's maybe why Possibly. I kind of assumed Cosmo was a male dog. But I prefer the fact it's a female dog because the interactions between her and Rocket were kind of great, even how brief they were. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I don't know that it makes a lot of difference to the character, but yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm all for it. I was just there for the sass. I think I might a couple of times in uh, this week, in this run-up to Christmas. I might just re-watch the, uh, the opening song, because I, I did think it was a great song. Yeah. I'm just so glad we got a min- minimal Peter Quill. Yeah, it, it like it doesn't need to be all about Peter. Because it's not, and I feel like that has been the issue with the first two Guardians films. The first one probably couldn't help it because it was setting everything up, but the second was still all about him. He's the he's like the audience perspective, isn't he? He's he's the one that's that knows Earth and knows this other stuff. So he's like your your linking. You're, he's your bridge into the world, basically. Um, but now that we understand this world a bit more, yeah, I don't think it needs to be all about Peter. I agree. I think it's interesting that a big chunk of this film is set on Earth, because for a long time I assumed that Peter didn't know how to get back to Earth or couldn't get back to Earth or you know was somehow unable to get back there because he was abducted as a child and then just never went back. And you would think maybe as, he just doesn't want to. Yeah, you would think as soon as he was able to, we would want to get back to his home planet. But that I, I what think, though? I think that's been an option for him all along. I just think 
I think he associates Earth with the death of his mum. I think that seems to be but why he doesn't go back. what else has he got back. to go back to? That's the thing. Yeah. But no, I just... I, I thought it was interesting. That's an assumption I made back watching Guardians 1, is that, you know, he, he couldn't get back to Earth. No, it's not that. He just chooses not to go back to Earth. Uh, so there's not a lot else I think we need to go over. Do you have no. anything you particularly want to mention? I do have one thing. Go on. He told him. Rocket told him he were going to get that arm. He did. He did. And I think I want to know how the fuck she got that. I mean, that's, yeah. Oh, I, I want to know what the hell's going to happen with it. That's they something cannot we just leave it. They cannot just leave that. I mean, it's a funny joke, but when you think about it a bit more, like, that means that Winter Soldier and Nebula have definitely had a fight and that Nebula has won and run off with his arm. Question? Yeah? Was it a fight? You think we've been getting jiggy with it? Have they been getting jiggy with it? Because if you notice, it's not his new arm. It's his old arm. Is it? It is, because his new arm's much more gold. Well, that's... That's boring if that's the case. Why? I want I wanted to have ripped it off him. In in a carnal way or in a violent way? Or both? In, just in a violent way. I want him to have been walking home from the shop and all of a sudden Nebula jumps out of a bush, kicks all his ass. All he wanted was a pack of Jaffa Cakes. And as he's walking home, I, I don't this think bitch they have Jaffa Cakes in America. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted a Twinkie. He wanted a Twinkie. That's an American thing. Twinkies are great. Um, but no, on the whole, I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, so, you are eating your words. You admit that Christmas specials aren't all terrible. Yep. I will admit that not all Christmas specials are awful. Cool. Because you know what I'm, I'm going to be watching tonight is the uh, Blackadder's Christmas Carol. Okay, that one is good. That's great. See, there's another I one. Just, I think I think that's just because it's Blackadder. Last week we watched uh, the Snowmen episode of uh, Doctor Who. There's some great Doctor Who Christmas specials. See, there's one of those with Santa. There is, with Nick Frost's Santa, and it's great. And I fucking hate it. It's brilliant. I hate it. Anyway, okay, so you told me to write a list of my top five Christmas films. So, putting this list together, I had to think what what constitutes a Christmas film. Because we've spoke before about how Die Hard isn't a Christmas film. It's fine if, if you want to watch it every Christmas. Like, I watched Die Hard last week. It's a fun film set at Christmas. It's nice to watch it around Christmas, but doesn't make it a Christmas film. Just to interrupt you on that, I've heard someone talking about this, and I don't know how I feel about it anymore, because we're talking about what does constitute a Christmas film. Yeah. And they were saying it's set at Christmas. So is Iron Man 3. There's an exchange of presents included. Christmas is often referenced. And they go into this whole long... I can't remember the whole list, but they go into a list of things, and it's like... So that is the question. What constitutes a Christmas Like, film? I've heard all those arguments before as well, and it's like, did you... If, if Die Hard's a Christmas film, then so is Gremlins. 
and so is Iron Man 3, and so is uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight. I think a Christmas film only needs one thing to be a Christmas film. It needs to be universally understood from just watching it that it's a Christmas film. I guess that, that's similar to what I've come up with. I've been thinking about this over over the last week or so. And my way of deciding if something is a Christmas film is, would you only watch it around Christmas? So, the five films I've got on my list, I would only watch around Christmas. Die Hard, I would watch any time of the year. Home Alone, I would watch any time of the year, not a Christmas film. Gremlins, I would watch any time of the year. So... I think we should go five upwards. Yeah, yeah. So both my, say our five. My number five is a newer film. I've got a couple of newer ones on here. My number five is Christmas Chronicles, starring Kurt Russell as Santa. It is a great film. He plays the role really well. It's really funny. I I love how he's constantly getting annoyed at the you know public image of Santa being this great fat man. Have you have you seen it? Do you know what? I haven't actually watched it, but I will watch it. I've been watching a lot of Christmas films the past day or two. Um since since watching the the special yeah. The Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, do you know what? Let me watch some. Try and get in the festive mood. Well, Christmas Chronicles is definitely a recommendation. Christmas Chronicles two is okay, but nowhere near as good. Christmas Chronicles is like the first time I watched that. I think it came out like four years ago now. I was like, okay, this is going to become a yearly tradition, and it's pretty much the first Christmas film we've watched every year since. I'll I'll give it a watch. Um, I've seen it popping up. Do you know when I've been looking through the list of Christmas yeah. movies, I have been seeing it pop up, and it does look quite good. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely give it a watch. So my number five, I thought. A kind of hallmark Christmas film. Do you? I just felt like I did. And it's one that I watched recently. And they they I tend think... to be pretty bad films. Yeah, but I felt like this one was a crap film. But I couldn't stop watching it. It's called Love Hard. Sounds like it's a porno. Got... <laughs> it's got Victoria Justice and Jimmy O. Yang in. Jimmy O. Yang was in Silicon Valley. Okay. For quite a long time. And the main reason I put this on is because... You're a middle-aged woman? Spiritually, yes. But um, there's a song in it. So do you know the song, Baby, It's Cold Outside? I do. Synonymous with Christmas, really. And rape. Yes. And that is a fee- that is a part of this. It's like... Th- so they're going caroling which I feel is very Christmassy. Um, and they get pushed forward to sing this. And she's like, I'm not singing that. I hate that. It's like, it's misogynistic. It's about rape. And he's like, just go along with it. I'll change the words so it's not so bad. And I think it's a great version of the song that now makes it not creepy as hell. Okay. And I re- I actually really enjoyed what the movie. Um, the, ma- the main premise is she gets catfished. But she don't realise that until she goes to visit him at Christmas. And then it's the whole pretend to be my girlfriend for a week sort of thing. That 
it, that's that's really creepy. It, it it is, but it does it in a very light-hearted way. I'm gonna be honest; it sounds terrible. Sometimes terrible movies are good. Is it actually a Hallmark film? Um, I don't, I don't I, know. I don't think it is. I think it's a Netflix film. It's a Netflix film. It gives you that Hallmark movie feel. Do you oh, know okay, what I mean? okay. Well, Do you know a shitty Christmas film that you can't stop watching? Okay, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to watch that. Is that really your fifth favourite Christmas film? You couldn't yes. think of anything better than that? Wow. Okay. No. So, <laughs> uh, do you know what? And I think... the Don't actual... to change your list now. You've locked it in. I think what I actually said to you when we spoke is your top five movies to watch at Christmas. I don't think you I did. think that's what I actually said to you. When we spoke on the phone, that is what I actually said. No, we didn't say this was a, a text message. And, yeah, you know, but when I, we actually spoke, I said. I've got the receipts. <laughs> I have the receipts! What you said was, remember to make a list of your top five Christmas movies. Fine. So I'm altering my list slightly. There are better movies. Pray I don't alter it any further. <laughs> I wanted something different on my list than the standard movies. I'm quite interested that you said you're not going to put Home Alone on there because you'd watch that any time of year. Oh, yeah, I would. I'd watch that, I'd watch that in the middle of June, no problem. To me, that is a Christmas film. Yeah. When I came up with this, with this way of judging if it was a Christmas film or not, that was the one where I was like, oh, does that mean Home Alone is not a Christmas film? Because I've always thought, yeah, it's kind of a Christmas film, but I would watch it other times of year. But, you know, you've got to... You, Is you've that got to just because it's Live by the sword, film? die by the sword. So if my method yeah. means that Home Alone is not a Christmas film, then it's not a Christmas film. And again, I watched Home Alone... And if my, and if my method Alone, means better films get pushed off? I watched Home Alone last week. Just because something isn't a Christmas film doesn't mean you can't watch it every December if you want. If you want to watch Die Hard every December, it doesn't matter how many people say it's not a Christmas film. You watch what you want to watch. People people argue about whether Die Hard is a Christmas film so passionately. You'd think there was like any actual stakes. Like it doesn't matter if you want to watch it every Christmas. Watch it Christmas. <laughs> people have fallen out for that. Okay, moving um, on. My so, number, four. number four. My number four. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay. Because I will say that is on my list, but not at number four. Okay. I think you're one of those kind of dickheads that's got Elf on his list as well. I don't. You're not. I <laughs> don't. Because that surprises me. Like, I will watch the film, and it's a great Christmas film, but it pisses me off to watch it. It's still Will Ferrell, isn't it? Like, it's no matter so how good the script annoying. is. It's anyway, annoying. How the Grinch Stole Christmas is... Which one? Jim Carrey. Okay, good. Because it's just Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, and that is never a bad thing. I watched... Um, this weekend gone, I was feeling like kind of unwell and I was laid in bed and I wasn't tired enough to go to sleep, but I wasn't getting up. So I laid in bed and I put on Sonic 2 and it's just Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, like he's the best part of that film, just him doing what he does best. And that's what the Grinch is. It's Jim Carrey at his best, I'd say, like it's up there with Liar Liar in... Just perfect Jim yeah. Carreyness. I feel like we always used to watch Jim Carrey movies together when we were younger. Like I think you introduced me to them all, like Liar Liar, The Cable Man, Cable uh, Guy, Ace Ventura, Cable Guy. 
Oh, it's a great film. Um, th- what's the one scene out of How the Grinch Stole Christmas that stands out to you? Because for me, there is one. I I think it's when when he first comes down to the town and they're making him the oh what do they call it now the cheer the cheer master the okay. Christmas cheer yeah. master but I think that 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 whole sequence uh, I really like just him like obviously loving it but not wanting to show that at all so he's, he's just sat there enjoying it but being really grumpy about it at the same time. So for me, it's when he's in his hovel and he's like trying trying on things. And then at the end, he's like, that's it. I'm not going out. <laughs> like yeah. that whole scene is just perfect. It is. It is and great. I think that's been used so many times in like work tracks as gifts and like all year round that gets used. What was your number four? My number four is The Santa Claus. Great film. Yes. I've watched all three today. They are brilliant films. Absolutely brilliant. The, the, the first, first one, one is the best. The first the first one is great, yeah. And didn't we mention this a few weeks ago, maybe not even on the pod, but we were talking about how it's been you're what, thirty two? I'm in my thirties. <laughs> Okay, you're in your 30s, I'm nearly 25, <laughs> and we've only just realised that it's spelt clause as in contractual clause. Yeah, because as a kid, you don't no. get that at all. Like, I just thought, oh yeah, Santa Claus. I never noticed it. Even though, like, on the like the poster and the DVD cover and the VHS cover, like, the logo, the E is, like, falling off. Like, it's an, uh, it's made obvious that that's an extra letter on the end. And but yeah, just straight over my head as a kid, never noticed. But yeah, absolutely love the Santa Claus. Um, always have done like since I first watched it. Tell Tim Allen's great. It's Tim Allen's best work. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a episode for a future podcast in the new year, revisiting films watched as kids to see how they've changed for us. Potentially, but m- most films that I was into as a kid. I I rewatch regularly still anyway. Like so it might be harder for you, but Highlander and Blade were my like defining films. So and yeah, I, I rewatch those as, as often as I can. Yeah, but yeah, that's my fourth. So your third. My third is another newer one. Okay. It's another Netflix original, so you may not have seen it. It is Klaus. It's an animated film. It's really funny um it's it follows a postman who's sent to a remote island to to be the postman there and he you know he meets an old man who has a lot of toys and together they start delivering the toys to the children and it's basically santa claus origins on this island but it's really funny there's a a character He's like the, the, the boatman. He takes him over to the island, but he's always like just just out of shot, ready to give a snarky comment. Like any time this guy fails at anything or even succeeds at anything, he's just always there with a sarcastic comment to add a bit of humour to every scene. And it is it's really great. The basic plot is that there's two families on this island who don't get on 
and are just constantly fighting. Romeo and Juliet style. Yeah, it is a really fun watch, and I highly recommend you add Klaus to your list if you're on a Christmas film binge at the minute. Okay, I'll, I'll have a look. What is your number three? My number three is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Fantastic film. I can't believe believe it's as low down as free. It's one of my favourite adaptations of The Christmas Carol. Yeah. I think the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol just, just loses to it because that is also great. It's nowhere near as good. Like, it's the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol is a good film, but The Muppets Christmas Carol is on another level. It is, and I just I don't know what it is about it. I actually I, I watched Muppets Christmas Carol last night, and there are so many things that I'd forgotten are really funny. I, I was laughing like every other sentence, like, apart from obviously you know there's some really serious bits, but just the contrast between Michael Caine's like deadly serious performance as Scrooge. Who I think has been quoted as like saying like part of his terms were that he would do nothing muppety, he he played the role completely serious, yeah, and just all the muppet characters going on around him. Um, so the, I think the one it's because that... it blended so well. Yeah, but it doesn't. At the same time, it clashes like his his the seriousness. The skating scene. The penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Come in and know me better, man. And he's like, come in and know me... Wait, did I just say Yeah, that? I think that's in the actual text, though. Yeah. I think this is, like, strangely, even though it's Muppets, I think it is one of the adaptations that, that stays closest to the text. Because you've got, you've got Gonzo actually playing Charles Dickens, who reads verbatim parts yeah. of the text out. Apart from, you know, obviously they change Marley to the Marleys. Ooh. Marley, Marley, ooh. The bit that really tickled me with the contrast was when Scrooge says, uh, like, how how would the bookmarkers like to be unemployed because they're asking for more wood on the fire? And then and, this... <laughs> and it's all, all the rats going, oh, heat wave, and start hoolering. And it's like, these, these two things do not belong in the same film. No, it's but, great. It's so it's... funny. It's, I think everything about it is just, like, I, I can't pick something wrong from it. So, like I said, I, I watched it last night, and then we've been listening to the songs from it in the office today on Spotify. So, yeah, that's my number three. Your so, number two. While, while we're talking about this... Okay. Um, I will just mention that there is an extended version on Disney+, Plus, but you've got to know that it's there to look for it, so... If you go onto the film, go into extras, and in the extras, there's a version with an extra song in there. Uh, it's not, it's not listed separately uh, as its own thing. Because I watched it just yesterday. so you know. Oh, you'll have to watch it again though. On to your number two, Jason. My number two, we've already discussed. It is the Santa Claus. Okay. Like honestly, such a good like it. It is obviously one of it's my second favorite Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> and I think if it's not on your list, you don't like Christmas. I could understand some people not particularly liking Tim Allen. I think that's the only reason to not like that film. 
it's some of his best work though. I agree. What's your number um, two? So my number two is one we've already spoken about, How Grinch. the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay. I just I love that film. My number one. I reckon there's a high possibility we've got the same number one. Because no, if we this is if this isn't on your list, something wrong with you. Maybe I've just forgotten about whatever you've got as your number one. In fact, did you not say you've got Home Alone on your list? Nope. Okay. Well, my number one is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Okay. Okay. What's yours? The Polar Express. You know what? How can I, that not be on the list? I did toy with putting it at number five. I Like, The Polar Express. I. Uh, it is a I good film. It's I don't know. Film. Like the animation's great because it's not standard animation. It's that in between world, and then the hot chocolate it's, scene. Uh, what is it? Uncanny Valley, they call it. Yeah. Where it's it's just not quite human enough. <laughs> yeah, the hot chocolate scene is brilliant. The whole and Tom Hanks as the conductor. Tom Hanks is just about everyone. Tom Hanks He's plays multiple the people in that. Santa. He's a guy on the roof. Yep. I'll tell you why that didn't quite make my list. Because although I enjoy it, it also really, really annoys me. Because I can't remember the kid's name, but the main kid in the film, if he just just sit in your fucking seat and stop pissing about, things would have been a lot smoother. Like, that kid yeah. Caused, yeah, it... caused everything that goes wrong on that train journey. Yeah, but... He wouldn't have learned all the lessons he needed to. He wouldn't have got the bell. If he hadn't been such a bell. Yeah. It is a good Christmas film, and as I was putting this list together, it it was momentarily at the bottom of my list, um, and then I remembered how the Grinch stole Christmas, so that slotted in at number four, pushed Christmas Chronicles down to number five, pushed Polar Express off the list. I think... Do you know why it's at the top? Because if someone mentions christmas movies it's the first thing i think of yeah like when someone says christmas movies my top three polar express the grinch and the muppets christmas carol are the three that i think of and i think if that's what you think of when someone says christmas yeah. movie that they have to be up there next year if we remember next year we should do the same thing but with films that are set at christmas but are not christmas films <laughs> Like your top five movies set at Christmas. Does that mean The Nightmare Before Christmas? Because that's a Halloween film. We had this conversation when I put it on my top five Halloween film. Yeah, I and I, I can't remember what we actually decided it was. I, I decided it was a Halloween film. I, I think it, it's, it's not a film I would only watch at Christmas, so by my own reasoning, it can't be a Christmas film. It's also not a film I would only watch at Halloween, so it's not a Halloween film. You're not a Halloween film. I'm not. I'm a human person. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are top five, and I feel like they're appropriate. Like there's some difference in there. Like your animated one. There's some much better Christmas films out there. Polar Express. I, I don't know. They're out like these. But it's it's niche and it's not everyone's gonna have seen it. It's something different. There are very few Christmas films as good as Klaus. Like honestly, watch it, you will be amazed. Um, right, let's quickly move on to some uh, festive recommendations.
I would like to recommend, um, and we, we've kind of touched on this uh, in our lists, the Santa Clauses on Disney Plus is so much better than I ever expected it to be. It is. I've really um, enjoyed it. So I've, I've started have you watching seen it all? That. No, I've started watching it. It's um, really great. The, the last episode I felt falls apart a little bit. Like I don't know. It's not as good. There's some like there's some really odd lines in there that are just like what? Like where did that come from? Everyone's back from from the previous films. You've got Tim Allen back. You've got his wife back. You've got his son is back in one of the episodes. Um, I don't think I don't think you've seen one of the people that's returned, so I'll not but no. say. Oh, you have seen it. I have seen that. That's oh. what episode I've just watched. Oh, so you've only got like two more then? Yeah. Yeah, that that episode as well was, I think, the best episode. Oh, it's um, great. A, a, was it like into the, the Yuleverse or something? Yeah. And all the different Santas from across time, and then one Krampus. The thing that I really like about it is that it answers a lot of questions about the original film. Yeah. Such as, like, why would he slip off the roof? Just, like, if, if he does that millions of times every Christmas, why would he slip why, off this Why is a one... semi-loud noise making him die? Yeah. And it just adds an extra layer onto, uh, onto the yeah. original film. So my Christmas recommendation is going to be Love Hard just for that song because it's just a great version of the song and it's just something you don't expect, but it's also funny at the same time. And okay. I just, I'm not I, watching it. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed watching it. Okay, um, I might look up just the song. But I, yeah, it doesn't sound like a film that I want to watch. So the other thing I'd like to recommend, I, I watched a couple of days ago, is uh, Guillermo del Toro's stop motion animation version of Pinocchio is so, so fantastic. Okay. Like really good, really. And it's, you know, it, it's very... It's very Guillermo del Toro, like it, it visually, it um, and 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 thematically, and you know they they managed to make this, you know, this little fable about a, a wooden boy whose nose grows when he lies about uh, life and death and love and and what it means to be human, and uh, yeah, it's just a wonderful, wonderful film. That I would highly recommend. I do like Pinocchio, and I have seen it, um, like do you know, pop up. Yeah. Um, and I've and not, afterwards, I've I would watched it yet. I would also recommend watching the making of that's on Netflix afterwards, uh, because it's it's real. They have like time lapses of them moving the the puppets, uh, so it's really cool to see them actually actually move them and and how many how many little moves it takes to get that kind of seamless motion. Yeah, like takes an hour for a five-minute clip. No, 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 no. It takes a lot longer than that. Because it's every frame, isn't it, that they've got yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Um, so my recommendation is going to be something that I've just finished re-watching, but it's great, and that is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. You recommended that last week, didn't you? No, I didn't. I said Did I started not? watching that. Okay. 
Um, so I started watching it. I've now finished it. <laughs> I, I think I watched series one and then kind of dropped off. At the same time, I stopped watching Riverdale as well. It's really good. I've stopped watching Riverdale because Riverdale's just kind of gone off the rails. I want to try and get back into it from where I left off. I'm not re-watching it. I refuse. But The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, it is great. And it's one of those that like I've rewatched it because once you start watching it, like you just want to keep knowing. Do you know what I mean? Even though you've already rewatched it and you you can remember, <laughs> yeah. you can remember pivotal things that happen, but you just want to know what's happening with each character's story. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it's it. It's it's one of those. So it is a really really good watch. Okay, that's Ben recommending something very Halloweeny on our Christmas episode. <laughs> Of the podcast. Kind of had to, really, didn't I? <laughs> um, I think that's it anyway. Is that the episode done? That is the episode done. Yes, so thank you for listening. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us on notnpod at gmail.com or message us on Twitter. We are at News of the Nerd. If you've enjoyed listening to us, presumably if you're still listening at this point, you have. Uh, please subscribe to us on your podcast app. Please leave us a rating uh, on iTunes. A five-star rating would help very much. Um, and the most helpful thing you could do is tell your friends. And your mums. For some, yeah, and your mums, apparently. Uh, but that's all from us. So it's Merry Christmas from me. And it's a Merry Christmas from him. Goodbye. Finally! I can say it's been a mutually respectful... I can't say the word mutually. Mutually, not mutually. It's not a cow. Mutually. Mew, like Mew, the Pokemon. Mutually. Not moo like a cow. (laughs) I saw a picture of, like, all the different potential Kratoses. Um... Kratosai? Chris croissants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, could, I could see your mouth moving into that word. Like I knew it was coming. <laughs> For fuck's sake.